3: Welcome to episode 24 of Concussion Chats. My name is Taylor Fort. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill Students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We are dedicated to providing strength and hope to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today I have a recording of Nick. Uh, Nick is a two-time TBI survivor currently battling PCS and an online nutritional coach and will be sharing his story and a few tips and tricks for recovery and managing PCS.
4: I'll try and give um, everybody a good background of who I am, what I'm about, and kind of where what got me to where I'm at today um, to kind of get a full picture of what has created me and where the damage had come from. Um, so I'm in roughly, I just say Cleveland, Ohio. So I'm not too far from you guys, uh, just in the States. Uh, and I grew up in the same area where I live. Uh, and everything seemed normal. Uh, And then when fifth grade came around, uh, my parents split and that was really out of nowhere. But what I didn't know was that that moment right there was going to lead to um, a large addiction out of the other three, my dad, my sister, my mom, um, which all plays a role into brain health. And so kind of everybody did their own thing. Mom went her separate away and I skated, skateboarded for 10 years. the only time I ever, which was my first concussion, was I, I lost consciousness, was from biking. I went on a ramp, just kid just doing his thing. And that was my first concussion that I actually had just had to think about as I was going through my now therapy. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't play sports until um, high school. I got talked into playing football and uh, I was just a scrawny little six foot, 145 pound kid. Um, in three years, gained 65 pounds, um, ended up, uh, I don't know if like division one scholarships uh, and uh, my senior, going into my senior year, I had a call from uh, the stork, if if that's a, a Canadian word. Um, <laughs> and I found out I was gonna be a dad in high school, which that's a big time uh, turnaround. And so I ended up decommitting from the division one school I was going to, and I ended up being able to stay home um, and taking care of my son, um, who I, who is now twelve, which is crazy, but um, and all through this time, I had witnessed, uh, you know, my dad just totally spiraling out of control. I was watching, you know, my 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 mom and my sister doing the same thing, and so I only had a choice but to continue, um, and also really just stuff that trauma away and continue on with my life, uh, and so. I didn't start concussions until uh, 2010. So my freshman year of college tore my right groin, rebounded, came back. T- my sophomore year tore my left shoulder, rebounded, came back. Um, and so I only knew like, OK, well, you know, you get injured, come back and, and repair, come back stronger. But the following year is when uh, the concussion started and uh, the first time I didn't say anything. It was in practice. Uh, and I, it was after the whistle, this kid kept running at me and I just put my head down smart, right. And, uh, took a blow and I saw purple and I'm like, wow. Uh, you know, I went to the sideline. I'm like, Hey, um, I think I just saw purple. And of course my buddies were like, no, man, Nick, you're good. You're good. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. So that was Tuesday. We drove, we had a a game in the upper peninsula, Michigan tech. Um, if you guys are familiar in that area and um that's when second impact syndrome really kicked in because i didn't say anything but i couldn't figure out why i was very dizzy and tired but i couldn't get pumped up for the game Um, i played defense i played very recklessly as kind of my outlet to get um away from things and i liked to hit people um in, in in football terms of course um but that game on saturday i had uh, a three three serious blows that i delivered helmet to helmet um and on the last play that i was on the field you see me um collapse in the end zone get back up and helped off uh and you know i'm like i can't see you know they're saying go back in and this is where it's kind of blurry but um you know that that right there um was my my first Tbi and i i, I didn't know anything about it um even back in 2010, Concussions weren't really talked about as much. You know, researchers just started in 2016, 2017. So, uh, you know, was that the end of my career? No, I decided to try and play again um, 10 months later after I finally revamped and came back. um, And I was very more susceptible after that little bump. I was out. um, And then I had gotten a job my senior year because I guess I have to pay the bills as a uh, young father um, at a juvenile jail and uh the last concussion that officially made me retire from football was i tackled a kid into a cement wall um and hit my head and that was that um and so that was really what seems like forever ago uh which what kind of started my concussion and you know know, knowing me as like the kid that always needed to need a helmet to wear all the time but you know as i fast forward i had four or five concussions at the jail um through 2012 to 2016 ish uh and then i ended up taking my online business but you know they were all there was it was all dumb little bumps here and there like it wasn't i get punched in the face or something like that uh but as i fast forward to what led up to december 7 2019 um a lot of trauma had happened that i'd always just stuffed away with um you know i watched my Sister's life totally spiral out of control. Uh, my dad finally hit a breaking point. Uh, and for two months, he was in the hospital. A month prior, uh, my grandma had just passed, and I, I had lived with my grandparents after college because I didn't have a protect my my dad's house. Um, I couldn't afford anything at the time because uh, I'm just a young college kid and that's a that's single dad. And uh, so grandma passes in february a month and a half later i watched my dad take his last breath he passed away um and then that november my grandpa passed and then the following december my grandma passed so it was a lot um a lot to take in and it was a lot, what i always did was i just stuffed it away and said okay um i'll be good and continue on but what led up to my tbi the second one that I never ever felt before I never got sick from a concussion I never felt so lost uh, so sick and so you know, I couldn't even describe it. Um, but I, we were getting a Christmas tree on December 7 2019 and um, they put it up on the on the top we were good to go I got called to the back of the trunk and uh, walked around back and i, I it was a I was kind of running but i hit the top of my head um directly in the trunk and immediately felt like the soul was taken from me um i i and i never have like i said i never felt as nauseous as i ever did right then and there uh and as we got home that was the time i threw up and i said okay something actually might be serious um because what i did with sports you know i I get hit my head, I would rest, I would walk, I would work out, and I would be, oh, I'm back to back to normal. Um, But this was different. Uh, And I was seen by one specialist um, that said, "Ah, you know, we're going to refer you out to one of the top clinics in Ohio. So I started there. And what a great time to start at the beginning of 2020, right? And so all leading up to that, I, I, couldn't understand why I couldn't, I couldn't walk for very long without getting dizzy. I could no longer drive a car because the movement was making me nauseous and it, nothing was making sense. Uh, my emotions were just at an all time high. Everything had just like, I, I had no control. Uh, I was just watching my body just wither away mentally, physically, and emotionally. And so when I finally got into the concussion clinic and uh, March, I did three sessions and uh, it was for basically vestibular um, so really just pushing your body until making the symptoms so ravaged that they have to basically rebound um, and and come back. but ended up getting shut down because of uh, the c word uh, covid and uh, I, I they couldn't do anything for, you know 2 months till they let me back in to say hey let's take this test here's your numbers um oh look you've improved you're good to go um but i knew deep down i wasn't improved like I, i've been struggling um and so then i get to june where i'm you know still kind of trying to find my way back um and my brother-in-law's in town and we were setting up a ceiling fan and i couldn't even make this up if i tried he 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 does this for the military. He he's a super handy man, always doing things. Um, and lo and behold, uh, the ceiling fan fell on my head. Uh, and it was not a small ceiling fan, it was the bedroom and went to the ER that night. I was very devastated. Um, and it felt like things were starting to really go back downhill. Um and as Time went on. September, August, or August, September. Um, I knew things were declining. I just felt my emotions starting to come back. I was starting to realize my physicalness of, of just being able to move, play with my kids. Uh, I have so I have the twelve-year-old, two-year-old, and I was six-month-old, and I was having to go back to laying and resting and barely eating and just feeling nauseous, feeling sad. Every every single emotion. um until I had to go back to what I knew best of going back to the concussion clinic in December and as I went back I'd been doing this research for months trying to figure out what is going on with my brain like there's no way that I should just have to be taking this Topamax to mask my headache symptom that I barely even have and my neurologist isn't answering the questions when I'm starting to bring up nutrition and all of a sudden he's feeling flustered like I'm trying to show him up I said just no I'm just trying to figure out my life I want my life back Um, as I'm sure people can resonate with that of doctors just not knowing and so I started to do it again and this time I was not progressing and I even had um, (laughs) my physical therapist say pull me aside and say you know I just maybe it's just all in your head And I looked at her I'm like, I was like, I don't even have the energy to whatever. Um, But honestly it is all in my head because my brain is messed up. So, but she mentioned it in a different way. Uh, And so I finally had to said, do my own research uh, and was able to really, after I completed it, um, have to find these answers. Um, I finally decided that I need to check in my testosterone levels because my hormones were damaged from my TBI after so long. And I said I was able to get on uh, hormone replacement therapy starting five weeks ago. And it's been a huge game changer, but also starting. um, And by doing the hormone replacement therapy, my primary doctor said no, because I'm technically in range, even though the range is from, as a male, 200 to 1100 which is absolutely astronomical of a range because they test 17 year olds to 65 year old so if you fall within that range you're good otherwise it's an it's an insurance issue and then all of a sudden it, it money comes into play, so if i'm at 371 my doctor said oh you're still in range. Uh, but not even close, I am absolutely suffering I I have never felt depression like I've ever had. And this is coming from a guy that thrived being around people. I like being the the dude that just makes people laugh and have a good time. Um and you know I I at at two points I I haven't told anybody else besides my therapist or um you know my wife that you know I was I was I was ready to take my own life because I was I was lost. Um but that that doesn't mean that it's you know it's a fake false reality of depression like my brain was that sick um it was that sick and until i started to make these changes through nutrition and through lifestyle and through hormone replacement therapy that i was able to put slowly put back my brain my body and literally my being um and i'm fortunate enough to just started working with dr titus chu um starting april 1st which is the leading post-concussion syndrome doctor out there um And said after 495 days I posted about this but on Monday I woke up without symptoms and I I I couldn't I didn't know what if it was real or not I (laughs) I sat there i'm like. um, Like this is what like when people say normal I don't want to be normal, I want I want to freaking feel alive like i'm done trying to just survive right i'm done with that. Um, And so you know this week has been a huge switch and I, I, I can't say it enough like. If you would have saw me when I was asked to do this a month ago, you, I would have had to overstimulate, have to overcaffeinate, try and pretend like I was somebody else. Like, a switch happened Monday, and I, I have to ride this. Um, and I, I don't. I feel like I finally turned a page uh, of a new book. Um, but I think that's trying to catch everybody up to speed of where I'm at. Um, I do. I do see somebody had their hand raised. Um, or if anybody have any questions, you can please feel free. Um,
3: Today, I have Emily, who is also part of McGill Students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation, Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast, uh, and co-host Aaron, um, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association, joining me.
1: Hey. I'm like, wait do anything. Oh, my gosh. Can you hear that lawnmower? I
5: can. <laughs> I can yeah, vaguely. All right. Yeah, yeah, you told him to stop.
3: I don't hear it now.
5: Yeah. yeah. I walked away so, from it. Yeah, all it stop, lawnmower! my but There, your door.
1: transfer. Busy. Sorry about that, guys.
5: No worries.
1: <laughs> that was like perfect timing. As soon as, as soon as you finished, lawnmower started outside <laughs> my window. <laughs> um. So. Anyways, um. Continue. I I really. I really relate a lot to what he was sharing, but I'm going to let you guys go first. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, before the meeting,
3: actually, uh, he'd said something to me about, um, a lot of the people that he was looking into for treatment were in Canada. And that was surprising to me because (laughs) I feel like usually people are looking into treatments that are in the States and you know, so that when he said that, I was like, huh? Um, so that was I don't know that was that was maybe interesting. He was just,
5: maybe he's just just trying to be nice, trying to make conversation. Like, <laughs> you guys are doing well too. Good for you guys.
3: Maybe, but like he said it before. Um, we really started talking about like where everyone was from, kind of thing. Um, because he asked where like I was, and I said I was in Montreal, and um, and then he said something about uh some of the stuff that he was looking into, like it was all in Canada, and I was like, really? Like, are you really? Um, and I guess uh, he's known Molly Parker for a while, so maybe that was a little bit um, She's American though? No, but she's also in Canada, she's, I thought.
5: Yeah, she's in she's in B C yeah. now, but she's yeah. She is from Western so that, or California or Oregon yeah, or whatever.
3: That, that like may him. have been a little bit why. Um but yeah, when he mentioned that I was just like, Huh? Like that's that's backwards. Um Yeah. <laughs>
1: I like oh, that
0: God. in, yeah, no, his talk was really good. I found the like main thing that struck me though I was just like, oh my gosh, how much trauma like has this guy gone through, and the way he was just detailing it seems like so the f- last concussion he had that caused all these symptoms was only about a year ago, right, like right before covid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a year and a half. what the heck?
3: It was like
0: a year and a half ago. Yeah, and so I was just so, like, honestly amazed by his progress in terms of, like, coming to terms with things and just Mm -hmm. being a positive outlook within his talk there because he said, like, even within his speech, he was just saying, like, if you, a month ago when I was asked to do this, I was in such a different place and thought I'd have to fake it. And even his ability to recognize that was really, like, I was like, oh, like, you're really speaking from the heart here and you've really recognized a lot of those places you've been. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just like, what a great journey he's had within the past like year or so, even though it probably never felt great, but <laughs> he's certainly gotten to a better place, which was nice.
3: Yeah. It was it was cool that he also um I mean, he said like his like turning point was like this past Monday. So that was only a few days before yeah. his talk. And, like that was that was super cool because I mean, um It was kind of like he was able to highlight like all like the the bumps in the road and then he was also able to just be like yeah and then on Monday like um and he I think he said like 495 or something days like uh since it happened and like this was like the first day he woke up like without symptoms like he didn't know if it was real or not it was just like so crazy and uh and he was just talking about how like you know he's kind of just gotta like ride this wave and um and go with it
1: while you yeah.
3: have it, uh, and that was, that was, it was crazy that, like, it was just, like,
0: Monday. It's, it's cool, because usually, like, speakers you guys have, and that we've talked about, have, like, had this long journey, it's been kind of years <laughs> since, and, like, they've really been able to refine that kind of talk, and then for him, he was just, like, yeah, two days ago, like, good. Yeah, everything yeah. <laughs> and... um, just changed, it was like, a, a switch, yeah. Yeah, And i'm sure like he'll have fallback moments and push through moments again coming through because yeah but it was really neat to like see him at that moment in his journey of it
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: he was supposed to do a instagram takeover for us um yesterday but after the meeting like he wasn't feeling too great um so we pushed it to today um and he still hasn't completely bounced back so we're going to move it to Monday instead and I think even that is awesome like obviously it's not great that he's not feeling awesome um right now but I think just like the like him being like yeah like I started feeling great Monday I'm feeling great right now and then something happened you know feeling a little rough um and then going to go back at it and uh you know try again kind of thing um and it's all, like, it's all involved in, like, the riding the wave and riding it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's super cool that his kind of, like, turning point is really recent.
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just going to say that, like, just, uh, I thought I was just going to, like, I spoke last night to a group at the university, of Memorial, Memorial University, the congestion mm-hmm. group here, and uh, I, was, I was, like, for to mention in my talk that, that, uh, just like that common between before and after For me, and it's very obvious where the line was, where I was injured when I was. Saying that, I was saying that concussion and concussion is more insidious, was going out, but I've noticed that people in your in, in the groups, that a lot of not just in your groups, and everybody I've heard talk to, can like, they're talking exactly when they were injured and how many days it's been. And, and I think, I someone else was talking. Um, that's, yeah, the cat. Um, and just uh, that this, it's not a perspective, I think it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of perspective, so I'm laughing at Aaron's getting the cat now. Um, but yeah, a lot of perspective that the, the, uh, you're saying that there's a, that thing saying, the physio, his physio said, maybe it's all in your head, but that, and that, and that is, and I've never heard anything like that, but apparently people are you got a lot and it's a, obviously like, the way that people take it is a bad way, but I mean, it's kind of, kind of true that it is, I and mean, not just that the brain thing, like, that's a little cheating, but it's also like, that, you know, it is just, it's my perspective too, also that, that can be just, if you think you're injured, and you think you're, so it's not, and not actually like, not that people take it as in, as in mean you're faking it, but, if it if they take it people take it to mean more, more uh more that it's uh that is just just the way you look at life and and that i just I, just, I don't know, I I've never documented mine. We can maybe maybe document I should have documented every day as was injured, but or you notes know, just the things but I I just want to remark on the fact that most people have they take a every single day, how long it's been and what they're there every single day, and and what helps them, out, which is good, and you get to know stuff. It's good for collection, but it's also mentally it can be very tough. But, uh, yeah. yeah,
3: and that's. I mean, that's also something that we've talked about. The group and the group is like the. I mean, <laughs> how, like documenting like every single symptom and everything all the time can be symptom provoking, because um, yeah. then you're fixating on them. You know. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely good to, like, track stuff for sure, um, but it's, I guess, just a bit, like, the balance, and, like, not completely fixating on it, you know, um, and I think that's where, like, you have to
1: find the balance for sure. Yeah, one of the ways I always think about that is, and I, I think I said this to somebody the other day at work, <laughs> and she was, really obsessing out the thought and I turned around and I was like hey don't think about a white polar bear what are you thinking about a white, polar, a white bear. polar bear <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's in your mind right now and not to say you know it's like not always easy to let thoughts go yeah. um, and to not obsess like it's very difficult and it takes a lot of practice but just like starting to acknowledge the fact that when we do get hyper-focused, this is the term that, um, oh, my gosh, Hillary, Dr. Doctor Duncan was talking about on one of our interview podcasts. When we hyper-focus on symptoms, it can really perpetuate, like you're saying. But just starting to acknowledge that process, I think, is a big step. Um, but it's tough when you feel minimized, right? Like, you want to be like, but this is my symptom. And so really having finding a space, you know, like we've talked about finding a space where you won't feel minimized, talk about it and then let it go, you know, riding the roller coaster, not like stopping, pulling the emergency brakes in the yeah. middle of it, you know, while you're upside down on a loop, you know, <laughs> that I feel like I've done <laughs> in the past. I'm like upside down on the roller coaster, pull the emergency yeah. brake. <laughs> like that's going to hurt.
5: <laughs> but I think also the, uh, the thing about, the... We we're saying the thing about it, just like not with, not just necessarily fixing any symptoms, but like how they this is improving you know, and matching your symptoms is in you know this is how I'm feeling, But there's also as we all we talking about before, and the best had people on if you that the mental health aspect of it too. So good to people say maybe it's in your head. I think and not people I see first thing, good people I see because we're going of, trained by society and by whatever we are just that that means i'm native but it could mean could just be if you look at it it is native but also could be that it is in your head it's like part of your what you're, you're into your mental mentality it's like whatever you mental your mental state and, the, and just recognize that even though it's, it seems like it's minimizing it it may be that is that is part of you part of you part of the you, night. Not, I mean, I'm not talking to you directly, but I mean, like it's like mm-hmm. one's own mental state, and uh, and that yeah. that's part of the problem.
1: Yeah, I totally think that. I want to say real quick. I think that you're totally right in the fact, but I think like that phrase itself—it's in your head it just has such a negative connotation. Yeah. Um, But I think, yeah, it's kind of this... Yeah, it's kind of this flip of mindset. Yeah. It's this flip of mindset from, um, you know, I'm I'm hopeless, I'm powerless, to, you know, maybe some of this, maybe there is something I can do to make this a bit easier. And when we think, it it can be like kind of... um, really empowering to know that if you kind of work on changing your thought that some of it will go away but not saying that like it's your fault you're the reason you're feeling this way it's just saying are you adding to it or are you you know keeping it neutral or subtracting from it and sometimes this hyper focus adds to it it's kind of how I like to think about it
3: yeah I think uh I think like you were saying Emily like the it's all in your head kind of phrase is definitely like it's, of course, linked to a bunch of negative things. And, like, uh, and so it makes sense that, it can, like, it doesn't help. Um, and I think, like, Nick was saying, kind of, like, uh, to go on that is also just, like, it depends who it's coming from, where it's coming from, how it's being said also to you. That makes a big difference. And, like, where you are in the moment. Like, if right now you just need someone to, like, be supportive and be, like, yeah, like, this freaking sucks like I hear you um or if you need someone to give you some like tough love and be like you know like uh this is in your control like the way you handle it is how it's gonna um like how it's gonna play out like it is all in your head like it's all in your control and stuff like that so I think it depends like what you need in that moment um but uh yeah I don't know and I think the all in your head thing also kind of goes with the like um quote-unquote like victim blaming that we've talked about before too um so it's just definitely like a it's a hard hard, touchy thing for sure
0: yeah I think that part of his story too really pointed out to me that like you are always your number one advocate Mm because I mean after he heard that he just was like well screw this I gotta go find out my own research because clearly I'm not getting help and it's like That was probably the best thing he could have done for himself in that moment, because he didn't tell her to, like, frig off and, like, go away. (laughs) He was just like, all right, well, it's up to me. So it always is a reminder, though, like, you are your number one advocate. Like, you will have to seek out these places. You can't take those kind of, like, words and the lack of, I don't know, respect, I guess, really, from doctors and professionals as it. Like, you can still move forward and you can still do things for yourself it sucks and like it's hard and it shouldn't be that way but sometimes it's the reality yeah
3: Yeah. um I think another yeah and another thing that also goes with the whole like being your own advocate thing I mean when he was talking about like the hormone replacement therapy and stuff and how like uh the range of like acceptable testosterone for males is 200 to 1100 and since he fell in that range doctors were like oh like you you can't be on hormone replacement therapy like they were very reluctant for it, um to do it and it would just like wasn't something that was going to happen um and he was at like i think it said 370 371 and So, like, yeah, he's in the range, but he's not at, like, that optimal um, 1100 by any means, and he's nowhere close. Um, And through being his own advocate, like, and, like, pushing for all these things, he finally, like, got it. And, like, it's really helped. It's changed um, a lot for him, it sounds like. Um, I haven't. we
5: will
3: see. And it's. Pardon? I
5: was just saying, I have no idea what the range is. I don't know if that 1100 is necessarily optimal. 1100 is just the high end of the range. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. I think, I, like finding, I think it's like
1: finding that. I think the problem is they don't. Um, it's like 200 to 1100 for like all ages. Not all ages, but probably like what, right after puberty to right. maybe like 65, 70. Um, so like, what is the optimal range for your age? And he's like not that old of a guy you know yeah. so yeah. You probably shouldn't be on the lower end of the scale um his testosterone does drop off later on in life and but. and another thing is he was saying that
3: uh even with like that 370 or whatever um his free testosterone was extremely low still so whatever he had wasn't even working so it uh yeah so i think i mean that also plays into it too um
0: that also but, makes me wonder uh, about like women's hormone rates too, like estrogen, because mm-hmm. depending on where you are in your cycle, when you get a concussion as well, it can be very effective to the symptoms you'll have. Mm-hmm. So.
3: And that's, and hormones are something that I think it was Molly Parker. She actually talked about hormones a little bit and, um, and she recommended a book too. Um, but yeah, it's, it sounds like hormones are definitely a big uh, influence on concussion recovery. Um, and it's something that isn't looked at by any means, um, which makes sense. I mean, people don't really know, um, anything about concussions to begin with and how to deal with them. So obviously they're not going to really know about the hormone aspect of it. Uh, but it's definitely interesting.
0: Yeah. I also feel like, I don't know, forgive me if I'm wrong I'm gonna stereotype men here but um (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a lot of men also wouldn't want to admit if their testosterone was low especially if these are sports concussion related and it's like oh football man stuff like all that and then if they're like oh this concussion also lowered my testosterone I'm also can't play football now Mm -hmm. and I feel I'm less of a man because I don't have this yeah Mm -hmm. that would and be that hard to get just... someone to
3: admit and, like, want to yeah. look at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's actually something that we did talk about um, was, like, later on when we were all talking as a group, like, we were talking about um, hormonal, like, uh, replacement therapy and stuff like that, and, um, and he was talking about how now, like, he feels like he's getting himself back. Like, now he feels like he can care for his family, and he can, like, be the man that he like wants to be sort of thing. And um, so I think like what you were saying is definitely like in the right uh, field um, because I think, yeah, like men especially, um, it's the, yeah. Uh, And then we had another member, she brought up how, you know, like she also, um, she's got some pituitary pituitary, like deficiencies and stuff and um, she was talking about how, like, since she got on hormonal uh, replacement therapy, like, she um, she feels like she's now gotten closer to, like, being the mom and the wife and the sister and the whatever that she used to be. Um, so, yeah, hormones are definitely really important to look into because they do affect us in huge, huge ways, and these two people are um, really good examples of how...
5: I, as I'll leave the, um, the destruction the from the men's home thing and I'm fast number here for women and men's so I do leave all that stuff alone, but, uh, just say like that, yeah, I got the, uh, today this morning I got an uh, Instagram, like, post, I was tagged in a post by Nicola White, or Nicola, I don't know name, Nicola or Nicola, White from, like, the, the UK, she's a, feel she like, a player there, and she had a congestion she was not, she concussion not a few years ago, three years ago, three years ago. Now and she was saying that she didn't think she knows that her menstrual cycle was would affect would affect her hormone symptoms and her, her concussion. So I sent her the uh, pocket studies last year with the uh, Lauren Zax and and Molly and uh, Lauren Zacks, Katie Mitchell, and May Adams about women concussion women and girls, and they talked about hormones briefly, but uh, yeah, so I just kind of Just happens to answer Just happened to have Get that email That Instagram, Instagram post this morning So thanks,
1: Cool Yeah, I need to check into some of that stuff Yeah Learning more
0: Yeah, I feel um, like it's one of those areas That's super overlooked
1: Yeah mm. Yeah, it's interesting It's interesting <laughs> I really um. I appreciated that he brought in, you know, all these like external, you know, you guys know, I love talking about this, all these external consequences, or external, not consequences, external circumstances that happened um, while he was, um, or like before he was injured, you know, before this last concussion, during when he was getting other injuries, because I always think about like, with, you see what trauma is like this dysregulation of the fight or flight system right and then with brain injury we see this dysregulation of the fight or flight system Um, and it's you know it's important to think about like how much is how much are those playing off of each other or just the fact that they are playing off of each other Um, Mm -hmm. I think to an extent like some of the stuff that I went through um, it's you know quote unquote a trauma for me I look at and I'm like, man, that really like wouldn't have been a trauma for most of the population, but because I went into these things with a brain that was already like had a dysregulation of fight or flight, you know, it's the, it's one of these, you know, what is the word? Not a preceptor, uh, it makes you a vulnerability to yeah. like having like trauma inform or traumas forming. So. I think that's like I really appreciate him like bringing that all up and tying it in. Um, and i and I want to remind people that you know you don't have like concussion life and then other life. like there it is all one thing, um, you know, concussion life with life. Um and sometimes when it comes to, I think, trauma and external circumstances that aren't directly correlated or directly affected by the injury, we, we forget that they might be connected, but... um. Oh, it's... Wow. Yeah,
0: it's been it's a big thing. area of study now. Like, um, even right. Right. a grief or a loss or, like, a traumatic instant will change the way your brain is functioning. It's almost like, like you've had a concussion, but you had no yeah. physical mm-hmm. blow to your head, but it was just, like, that trauma caused it. It's been, yeah, mm-hmm. a new area of research that's very interesting as well.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good, to Good to know. I've just been, like... Acting <laughs> <That didn't> stuff. <stop. laughs> You're the on read more. Is, is that <laughs> that
5: happened. Is that my What's sound? i that. No? I was wondering if the sound, the 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 weird thing. I was. Do not you guys hear any of those? Those are the old, oh, the big yeah, I weird sound it. thing. I don't know if it was me or not, but and I feel yeah. the sound okay now. I think. Yeah.
3: Anyway, um. Yeah. Do you, Does anyone have any final? Oh, yeah, I really it enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was really good. I yeah, I definitely yeah. enjoyed it. Um, and he like he was, uh, Purposeful? Like even afterwards, um, like after his share when we were like having our discussion and stuff, he was also uh he was funny too. So he was he was a nice uh, nice guy to talk to for sure. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, thanks to nick for helping us do the podcast and thanks to our speaker nick um for joining Mm us um thursday uh we'll have a new podcast posted monday morning our upcoming podcasts uh, can be found on concussiontalk.com spotify youtube and apple podcasts you can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com our peer-to-peer support group is free and open to everyone we hold four weekly meetings on zoom Um, And we're also always looking for Thursday morning speakers. Thanks for listening. HeadCheck Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada who rely on HeadCheck to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com.
2: Hold up.